Once again, we'll be looking at the great things of God and things in the Bible. It's been our theme most of the year. If you look at almost all of our messages, it has the word great in there somewhere. So you can't look at the year without thinking great, great things of God, great things of God in the Bible. This morning we'll be looking at a great Thanksgiving list found in uh, the form of a song written by King David and recorded by Ezra, or at least scholars believe that it was recorded by Ezra in the book of First Chronicles chapter 16. I'm calling this message this morning a great Thanksgiving song. And I hope it's one of which that's going to remain in our hearts for quite some time or for a very long time, rereading this portion of Scripture over and over again. And may we learn to have a heart after God's own heart. And who better to learn from that is from King David himself. Would you please stand with me for the reading of God's Word? Once again, we'll be in First Chronicles chapter 16, verses 34 through 36. If you keep your Bibles open, we'll be referencing this chapter 16 throughout the remainder of this message. First Chronicles 16, verses 34 through 36. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Cry out, save us, O God, our Savior. Gather us and deliver us from the nations, that we may give thanks to your holy name that we may glory in your praise, praise to the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Then all the people said, Amen, and praised the Lord. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for all the many things that you have done for us throughout the years, Father God. We know that your love abounds, that your love never fails, that your love is an endless love. It endures forever. May we learn to be grateful and thankful this year, Father God, for, for just so many things that you have done for us, Lord God. May our lips express it to you. May we express this type of love that you have for us to others, Father God. May we reflect on it ourselves throughout the day and throughout the week, Father God. Give us a heart after your own heart, God. Oh, Jesus praise your name, Lord God. We magnify your name, Lord Jesus. And may praises always be on our lips. We thank you for a great year, Father God. I pray that you bless this word now. May these words come alive to us, Father God. May we hold on to them, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Often when we think about Thanksgiving, we start to think about food. At least I know I do. And what I'm going to eat. Uh, maybe we think about the football games and watching TV or some kind of special uh, show that might be on uh, TV, a heartfelt show. Um, I know in my house it's often a Hallmark movie. I have five girls in the house, and so football, I'm sorry, Arthur, football is just usually out in my house, unless it's the Super Bowl, one of the big games, and usually I'll watch it when I'm at someone else's house. It's just the way it goes. Maybe get some of the highlights at the end of the day. Uh, maybe we'll talk about, maybe you think about, when you think about Thanksgiving, maybe you think about family and who you wish was there and who you wish was not there. Um, you know, just saying, because sometimes when you get together families and extended families and visitors that show up, you not, might not really want to see them that day. 
for whatever reason, I'm just saying, I'm just keeping it real. I'm not saying my family, I'm just saying. All right, moving on. Maybe you think about grandma's dessert or her cookies or maybe you have your favorite pies or or pastries um, and treats that you're going to eat, your favorite stuff. And see, the list goes on and on of what um, comes to mind when you think about Thanksgiving, right? There's so many things that that are invoked in your mind, many different memories, many different things that will pop into your, your heart and your mind. But do we really stop and thank Jesus? Do we stop and think about all the things that Jesus has done for us? Do we marvel at the Lord, at his creation? Are we thankful for what he has done? And this portion of scripture gives us a thanksgiving list. And it's mostly in a form of a song when you really look at it. David writes a thanksgiving song to God, to the Lord, speaking directly to God and to others and even to himself. And if we slow it down enough, if we meditate on these these words, I think we'll be able to say many of the same things in our own heart and maybe even make these words come alive to us. And maybe we'll even speak these words and read them again throughout the year unto the Lord. And ultimately, as we learn to be thankful and grateful, my prayer is for me and my family and even for you that our life will mirror these words and and the heart of this song, this love song in a sense, this thanksgiving song unto God. And out of, out of the love for the Lord, we will love others in deeds and actions. Amen? So this is a, ti- a very exciting time, a special time uh, for King David and David's kingdom. In chapter 15 we, uh, we, of that same chapter, we see that the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord was being returned to David and entering the city of David, which is Jerusalem. And it ends with a, a great celebration which shouts with the, the sounding of the ram's horn and trumpets and cymbals and the playing of the lyres and the harps. But where, where was the ark prior to this? Like, where was it that it wasn't with him? And if you recall in 1 Samuel chapter 4 and verse 5, the Philistines come and they go into great battle. They go into a battle with Israel and this is, a, this is a great battle, and many die, many perish that day. 30,000 Israel soldiers are killed. We also learn that Eli's, who's the high priest, his two sons die, and the Ark of the Covenant is taken by the Philistines. And after Eli, the high priest, hears the news that the Ark of the Covenant was taken, he falls backwards because he was heavy, and he breaks his neck, and he dies. Also on that same day, his daughter-in-law, his daughter-in-law gives birth, and the grandson is born. But she dies giving birth. And the child's name was Ichabah, saying, The glory is departed from Israel because the Ark of the Covenant was taken. Let me tell you, this was a terrible day for them, for that family. It's horrific. But the Ark of the Covenant is what made him fall over. It wasn't even the death of his son. It was the precious Ark of the Covenant. That made him, that was, that was it. Because remember, his his son, his grandson is born. Now at this time goes on, David has an opportunity to get back the Ark. And the Lord gives a great victory over the Philistines. And 
um, he recovers the ark. And so what we see is a great celebration taking place going from chapter 15 into chapter 16, and the ark is returned. And it continues with the ark of the covenant of the Lord entering the tent that David has pitched for it. And the ark is very important here. It's very symbolic of God's presence. It's normally the, the only piece of furniture that is found in the holies of holies. And, and the high priest would enter into that chamber of that tent or that room once a year. On top of this chest-like structure is called the mercy seat. And so there's a box, and on top of that box is the mercy seat, and that's the cover. And the whole thing is called the Ark of the Covenant. And inside the box was the golden pot of manna, the bread, which reminds Israel of God's provisions and providence while being in the wilderness. And then the other thing they had was Aaron's rod that that budded. And that was symbolic of fruitfulness, miracles, and priestly duties. Then you had one more item, and that was the tablets, which the Ten Commandments were written on, reminding Israel of God's covenant, His commandments, His, His law. So the mercy seat literally means the place of atonement. God provides a means to satisfy the need for a penalty for human sin while extending mercy to all people. And those who believe in Jesus' death, his burial, his resurrection, can find salvation in him and him alone. The ark is a type of Christ, in a sense, Jesus Christ. God's perfect son lived out life perfectly on earth without sin. God's mercy allows us to come back into harmonious relationships with him. Christians no longer need to look towards the ark, but to Jesus Christ himself for forgiveness of sins. His sacrifice was complete once and for all on the cross. So the presence of the Lord, the ark is symbolic of the presence of the Lord. And so David's so thrilled, he's so excited about having this back into his possession. And this was, again, a time of celebration and feasting. And so David institutes singers, and he encourages them to worship and presents burnt offerings and fellowship offerings. And then he blesses the people. He reminds the people of the presence of the Lord. But the celebration was not just a once a time a year or once a week. He wants them to understand that he is in the presence of the Lord, and we shall be in the presence of the Lord, and his people should be in the presence of the Lord daily, always, on an ongoing basis. And while we often have a, what I call a great celebration service on Sundays, or we have a celebration Thanksgiving once a year, we need to remember that this is supposed to be an ongoing lifestyle of praise and worship unto God, giving thanksgiving unto God in remembrance of what the Lord has done daily, regularly, ongoing. And so in chapter 16, verse 4, he appoints some of the Levites to minister. Music ministers. He brings, the, he brings in the music minister before the ark of the Lord to make petition, to commemorate, which means to recall, remember, and, and show respect, to give thanks, to give praise to the Lord, to the God of Israel. And Asp was the chief musician. 
And then he goes on to list names, and he continues to list instruments like the, the lair and the harps and the cymbals and the trumpets, which are blown regularly before the Ark of the Covenant of God. And so we get a sense that David is stoked about this covenant. He's so excited about the Ark of the Covenant, and he wants the people to remember what God has done for them, as well as himself. So it's just a a time of celebration and praise. Now, some people have never learned how to say thank you. Have you noticed that? Some people in life just don't know how to say thank you. I might as well throw in they don't know how to say sorry either. So, you know, just a wake-up call. Sometimes it's nice to say thank you and I'm sorry. Those words um, go far in life. But David, David not only knows how to say thank you to the Lord, he goes further. He goes one step further. David sits down and he writes a, a love song, a, writes a thanksgiving song unto God. And we see this listed here in verses 37, sorry, verses 7 through 37 is his song that he writes. And then verses 38 to the end of this chapter speaks about the tabernacle of the Lord at the high place of Gibeon. Um, what's interesting here is that this tabernacle, which is a tent, which is mobile, it can be moved around, has rooms in it, has chambers in it, um, was left in Gibeon and not Jerusalem. Now, I'm not sure why David didn't bring these two, two things together, the ark and the tabernacle. Uh, but nevertheless, in verse 39 of chapter 16, for those who are taking notes, says the tabernacle was in Gibeon. In verse 29 of chapter 15, it says that the ark came to the city of David, which is in Jerusalem. So they're not together. They normally would be together. You'd have the, you'd have the tabernacle, and inside the, ta- the Holy of Holies would be the Ark of the Covenant. For whatever reason, they're separated. He gets the Ark back, but he doesn't bring them together. And so he has one system of priests in Gibeon, and he has the other uh, system of priests in Jerusalem. They're worshiping the Lord. They're, they're giving sacrifice. And then this final section of chapter 16 says there was over 68 people ministering day and night. Can you imagine that choir? 68 people, Arthur? Just worshiping the Lord, praising instruments and music. Uh, day and night, it says, playing music and singing uh, worship songs and offering birth offerings unto the, the Lord. And then the rest, they chose other people and designated them by name. It was organized. They, they, they said, you're going to do this, and you're going to do this, and this is how it's going to work out. And they designated them by name to give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. He chosen people responsible for sounding of the trumpets and cymbals, for the playing of the other instruments for the sacred song. We see intentionality here taking place. David was very intentional, very intentional, giving praise and thanksgiving unto God. In verse 34, he gives thanks to the Lord, for he is good, and his love endures forever. Cry out, save us, O God, our Savior. Gather us and Deliver us from the nations, and we may give thanks to your holy name, that we may glory in your praise. So this is the backdrop to this story. And we're not giving thanks to just any God or anyone, but to the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the God of creation who is good, and his love endures forever. We're giving thanks to the God who can save, who can restore, who can heal, who can lift us up who can gather us and deliver us from the nations. This is the God we serve, and holy is your name. 
This is the God who was speaking about, the one who can change our future. This is the God who divides the sea. This is the one who sets the captives free. This is the one who guides us through the wilderness and through life's struggles. And we see that deep, and we're taking a look into David's heart here. And beginning in verse 8, David gives his music minister and his team, the music team, the words to the song. And so we're taking a closer look at David's song. I want to break it down to three groups. David will be speaking to God, to others, to himself. And at the same time, we'll look at a different uh, list that are put together here. So number one, David speaks to others. David speaks to others. This is in verse 8. He says, Give thanks to the Lord. Call on His name. Make known among the nations what He has done. He is speaking to others. Church, we are called to praise the Lord. To give thanks to God. To tell others of His glory. Amen? When you're in trouble, call upon His name. When you're happy, call upon His name. In the good times and the bad times, call upon His name and give thanks to God. And praise His name, for He is worthy to be praised. May we continue to proclaim the good news of Christ to the nations around us as well. As you read these scriptures, we'll also see several ways that we can praise the Lord. Sing to Him. Glory in His name. Give thanks to Him. Talk about Him. Talk about Him to others. Seek His face. Remember the wonders he has done. David's song not only spoke to others, but he spoke to God. David speaks to God. Verse 9. Sing to him. Sing praises to him. Tell of all his wonderful acts. We have so much to be thankful for. Every week, myself, Arthur, Melissa, Rachel, the team, the remnant worship, comes out here, sings, worships, to encourage us to sing from the depths of our heart. We encourage you to tell, tell others of, of God's wonders and glory, wonderful acts, amen? And this Thanksgiving, I encourage you to grumble less and praise God more, to lift up God and His wonderful acts. If we can focus on Christ more, maybe we will criticize less. Be thankful and grateful this season. For God has done so much for us, so much for you, so much for me. And we could often talk about, hey, that was a great message, or those were great songs, or this was a great worship service. But we are often neglectful speaking about God in social settings. Or neglectful to speak about God in family situations. Telling others about His wonderful acts. This Thanksgiving season, take some time and fill your heart with God's love. Take some time and remember the Lord. Remember the things that He's done for you and for others throughout the year. Remember people are watching, people are listening, people are saying, if this is Christianity, then then what? Do they want it? Because of your actions, deeds, attitudes, ways, speech? Or do they deny it? Because of those same things. Because you have shined away. You have not shined the light of Christ. But you've actually cast darkness 
on it. And you have not shined the light properly. And so they deny it because they can't see it and comprehend it because of your grumbling and complaining. Remember, people are watching you. Let your words, deeds, and actions be seasoned with salt this Thanksgiving year. Amen? This Wednesday at 7 p.m., our sanctuary, we will have a candlelight service. And this is going to be a time to remember what the Lord has done. Another time of testimony, a time of song and praise, because we want to remember Jesus. We want to remember his love. We want to remember the cross. So we'll be giving communion as well. We'll be thankful for his wonderful acts. So come and be a part of this service this Wednesday night. Bring your friends and family and taste and see that the Lord is good. Tell others about his love and have them come expecting God to show up and even pour out more of his love on us this Thanksgiving season. Verse 10, glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Let the Lord and his strength seek his face always. Remember the wonders he has done, his miracles, the judgments he has pronounced. Remember the wonders. Remember the miracles. So David speaks to others. David speaks to God. And now David speaks really to himself. Remember the wonders he has done. This is very personal. This is soul-searching. This is recollection. This is recalling. And from time to time and throughout the year, I love to go back uh, to Hebrews, uh, Hebrew chapter 11, which is the great faith chapter. And remember some of the things that God has done in the past, as well as what he has done in my heart personally and throughout the life and throughout the church. And so I want to read a portion of Hebrews chapter 11, and and I don't have it on the PowerPoint, uh, but verse 32. And what more shall I say? Do I not have the time to tell you about Gideon and Barak and Samson, David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of the lion, quenched the fury of the flames, escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and rooted foreign armies? Who received back their dead, raised to life again. Women received back their dead. Others were tortured and refused to be released. So they might gain a better resurrection. Some faced years in flogging, while others were chained and put in prison. They were stoned. They were sawed in two. They were put to death by the sword. They went out in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in the desert and the mountains and caves and holes in the ground. They were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what has been promised. God had planned something better for us so that, so that only together with us would, would they be made perfect. These were people of faith, living by faith. And while some of us have stories... Let me tell you, some of us have stories of being tortured and pain. Some of us have been in life-threatening situations. And God saved them from the lion's mouth, in a sense. But most of us have been living easy in America compared to what we know around the world. I mean, when you hear some of these stories and some of the testimonies that we might hear Wednesday, let me tell you, People's lives have been in jeopardy for the gospel of Christ. And we don't 
we don't even say Jesus in school anymore. We have a lot to be thankful in this country. But godly people need to start standing up again and remembering who God is. We have forgotten. We've forgotten. So the praises of God should be filling our hearts and our minds, and they should be on our lips at all times, all through the year. Remember the wonders that the Lord has done. Remember his miracles, the judgments he pronounced. And then David continues to list several uh, covenants here in First Chronicles chapter 16, verse 13. O descendants of Israel, his servants. O son of Jacob, his chosen one. He is the Lord our God. Is he your God? Can you say some of these lines? Is he the Lord our God? His judgments are in all the earth. He remembers his covenant forever. The words he commanded for a thousand generations. The covenant he made with Abraham. The oath he swore to Isaac. He confirmed it to Jacob as a decree. To Israel as an everlasting covenant. To you I'll give you the land of Canaan as the portion you will inherit. When they were but a few in number. Few indeed and strangers in it. They wandered from nation to nation, from one kingdom to another. See, now, speaking about the covenants, and now he's going to speak about God's protection and God's provision of his people. He allowed no man to oppress them. For their sake, he rebuked the kings. Do not touch my anointed ones. Do my prophets no harm. Sing to the Lord all the earth. And again, God's people ought to sing praises unto the Lord as well as the earth. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Not your own salvation, not in your own power, but his salvation saves. Save me, O Lord, day in and day night. Save me, O Lord, continually. Save me. Your salvation is a continuous process. Proclaim his salvation day after day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all the people. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He's to be feared above all gods. Church, can you say this today? For great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. For great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. For all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and joy in his dwelling place. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of nations. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in splendor of his holiness. So we are to worship the covenant God of Israel, who is real, who is the creator of the universe, creator of the world, creator of us. Give him credit. Ascribe the glory and worship to his splendor, to his holiness, because there is no one like him. No one like him in beauty. No one like him in majesty. He is one of a kind. And we see now that even the earth and even the heaven is going to rejoice and be moved by God. And so, number four, David speaks about creation. David speaks about creation. He personifies creation. Creation speaks out to God in verse 30. Tremble before him all the earth. The words is firmly established. It cannot be moved. Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let them say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Let the sea resound and all that is in it. 
Let the fields be jubilant and everything in them. In them. Then the trees of the forest will sing. They will sing for joy before the Lord. I just wish I was able to hear. You know, the, everything is giving off a sound. My old pastor used to say, everything is humming. Everything is humming. Every object vibrates. Every, every, every created thing is vibrating and giving off a sound. If we could only hear those sounds, those sounds are giving joy unto the Lord. The trees of the forest will sing. They will sing for joy before the Lord, for he comes to the judge the earth. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Cry out, save us, O God, our Savior. Gather us and deliver us from the nations, that we may give thanks to your holy name, that we may glory in your, pres- your praise. Praise to the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. And then people said, Amen, and praise the Lord. If the worship team can work their way up to the platform. Out of our heart comes worship and praise. David had a heart after God's own heart. He is establishing worship and praise unto God. He writes a Thanksgiving song. He brings it to the ministers to sing. He brings in those who can play instruments. This is all done with intentionality, and this is done daily. He wants to be in the presence of the Lord. He wants to be in the presence of the Lord on a regular, ongoing basis. We should want the same thing. We should want to be in His presence on a regular basis. Now, we no longer have, say, the tabernacle or the Ark of the Covenant in the physical forms that we have today, but we can enter the throne room of God through Jesus Christ. James chapter 4, verse 8 says, Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you. Practice the presence. Practice entering the presence of God. This requires intentionality. This, this requires us to be willing and wanting to enter in, to go deeper with God, to do it on purpose. The way we live, the way we act, the way we move, the way we breathe, all our actions, we want to enter into His presence. We, we want to know that he's there all the time. And there are various ways that we can, with intentionality, praise him and thank him. This Thanksgiving season, maybe you can write your own love song to God. Maybe you can write a song of thanksgiving unto God. Well, well, Anthony, that takes time. Be still and know that I'm God. Slow it down a little bit. Have another piece of turkey and then sit down and chill and just think about it. A love song to God. Maybe you can journal and and record uh, and and remember some of the good things that God has done to you personally. Maybe you can praise Him a little longer and remember each time that you received goodness. Maybe we can seek His presence with more passion, with more zeal, with more purpose this year. Maybe we can meditate on God's words just a little bit longer this season. Maybe we can just stay there just a little bit longer. Maybe we can give food and clothing or a meal to a stranger. Maybe we can just speak good words, kind words. Maybe, just maybe, we can be more thankful and grateful this season. Declaring the wonders of the Lord, the marvelous things of God Almighty. And when we speak blessings, and when we are thankful, and, and those, those praises on our lips, it's hard to curse. It's hard to be bitter. You see that? 
So the more praises you give, the more blessings you give, the less bitterness you have. Everything around us is to remind us of God's goodness. And out of that cheerful heart, that loving heart, should be songs of praise, songs of joy, songs of thanksgiving. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever.